Hey guys, welcome to the Behavior Tech's Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Ms. Ashley, and I'm a behavior tech. Let's reinforce some of my behaviors. Hello, my listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Behavior Text Anonymous. I am so happy that you're here for this meeting. Um, I have been having quite a time these last two weeks. A lot of stuff has happened in my life and a lot of stuff has changed, specifically with my employment. Now, I know I said before that I really loved my job and that was true. I did really love my job. I loved the school that I was at. But most of all, I loved the staff members that were at this one specific school that I had been working at. Now, I'm sorry, I said one specific school. There's a couple of them now. But last year, I was in one set school in the district. And I just got really close to a lot of the people there. Um, And then this current school year, they all got, like, separated because I guess that's just what happens sometimes in schools. You know, some people went here, some people went there. They were all pretty much in the same district for the most part. Um, but anyway, I got a new job, um, also at a school, but not in a traditional public school setting. Um, so it's a charter school and it's been different. Still think I like it. I don't know. Hasn't really been that long. It's literally been two weeks now. So I will keep you guys updated on that experience as I go through this new setting once again. And at this point, I feel like I'm just trying out all the settings and leaving reviews on it. I feel like maybe, like, if I go through, like, all the other settings, like, if I do at home again in clinic and stuff, I could just, like, document that and be like, okay, guys, this is my life now at in home, which I'm never going to do again. I can't. I cannot do in home, not by myself. Like I would have to bring like somebody else with me. I just hate it. You know, like going into other people's houses is like not my favorite thing. I like to see what's going on inside of other people's houses, but I don't want to be in there all the time. Like, I don't know. It feels weird. I feel like I'm being tricked into something. Anyway, so just why did I leave my old job? Um, There's a lot of stuff that kind of happened and I just couldn't do it anymore you know like when you like hit that breaking point and you're just like I can't I gotta bounce um and that's kind of what I did luckily I seem to have this like superpower where if I need a job I will just find a job it's it's both especially in the field that we are in um it's really in demand it's really needed everywhere so it's not like too hard what's hard is finding a job that fits my standards Because I need, like, insurance and vision and dental and then, you know, like, retirement. Um, Because you can never start a retirement fund too soon. But then also, like, the quality of behavior staff that are at new places is always kind of like a struggle. So I know in the past I kind of did with, like, questions that you should ask in an interview and kind of stuff like that. But I really do mean when I... Um, say those things that I really do ask those things. I have had many interviews where if I ask questions about RBTs to whoever's interviewing, they either don't know the job because they're like someone in HR or they're a BCBA 
who is just trying to get somebody in, like a clinical director, I should say, not a BCBA, but like a clinical director who's just trying to fill this like empty spot. So if they're like, oh, it's such a great place, we love it here, blah, blah, blah. Um, I will look up on Glassdoor, I will go on Indeed, I will find people on LinkedIn and I will ask them about it, especially like former employees, because I always go for the former ones instead of the current ones, because I feel like the current ones are going to be like, it's really great. Everything about this place is amazing, but that's a lie. It has to be a lie. Not every place can be super amazing and have such a high turnover rate, right? So, you know, just a struggle out there. Where was I? Anyway, so yeah, no. So I was like, I need a new job. And I had made the decision to quit before I kind of had a new job, but it just kind of like came to me one day. Like I kind of could feel myself a little bit starting to want to leave. Um, I just, it's a lot. Like I got a lot going on personally. And then, you know, the job was a lot in the district specifically and I needed out. I needed to go just somewhere else just for like my own benefit. And luckily, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So I know a lot of people in a lot of places. So, you know, luckily that wasn't such an issue. And I was able to find a place that I liked with hopefully the support system that I am looking for. But as I said, I will keep you guys updated as that kind of comes around. Um, so kind of today, I wanted to think about some things that really suck about being kind of like an RBT and specifically things that are like traumatic to us or like, you know, kind of like scary stuff. We the Halloween spirit. Um, so I went on Reddit again, which is a good space to like, just ask a bunch of people, a bunch of questions because it basically is just like super anonymous. Right. So I went on there and on the ABA subreddit, I just asked like, what is the scariest slash most dramatic thing about being an RBT? And then I gave like an example of something that I had seen on Instagram a while ago just about how, um, you know, this job is hard and sometimes things can happen that like scar us a little bit and make us wonder if the job is kind of like worth it or not. Um, some of the examples that I gave were like getting scars from aggressions or being ghosted by your BCBA, which I know has happened to a lot of people that I know actually, and I don't even understand how that works anyway. Um, so I'm just going to kind of like go through and I'm not going to comment on them because some of these stories are like really like, ugh, ugh. but, um, I just wanted to kind of like go through and read some of them to you guys. Maybe you guys are kind of feeling the same way. Maybe you don't want to like go on Reddit and look all this up, but just to kind of like share it. Cause I know that reading the responses made me feel a little bit better about the stuff that I experienced. Cause I've been beat up pretty bad both um, physically and emotionally. The last few years, it's been a good mixture of both. Like, I don't think one really outweighs the other. Maybe, maybe, I think that maybe emotionally would be a little bit higher from the school district the last few years. But anyway, so let's read some of these. All right, let's see. All right. And then, I don't know. I'm just going to call them all anonymous because I don't know if I should be reading their usernames out loud. Like, yeah, maybe for copyright, but I don't want them to feel like I'm targeting them. Or maybe they just want to be like super anonymous. 
you know? So I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to consider everybody on here to be anonymous. And if anybody's listening and I happen to say your post and you want me to say your whole username, you can just let me know and I will, I guess, tell the world in the next episode. I don't know what you want me to do. Okay. So this person says, oh, and once again, like, I'm not really going to comment on their experiences or anything. I just want to like read them and, you know, move on. Worst thing I experienced was a 15-year-old male client who was much bigger than me, grabbed me by my throat and pushed me against a wall while doing a home session. He wanted access to a specific room, which I was told he was not allowed in. His mom was home and dismissed the situation, saying he's actually very gentle, completely invalidating that her son harmed me. After the situation, I told the BCBA what happened and how unsafe I felt, and she told me I should have just let him have access to the room and wanted me to continue working with him to grow from the experience. I never felt safe with him again after that. Some aggression occurred after, but never to that extent again. I lost a lot of respect for the BCBA for not listening to my concerns or taking them seriously. That was absolutely horrible to read. Um, the closest that I have really been to being choked like that would be when, I mean, not with like their hands, but I had a kid take shoelaces and uh, wrap them around his fists, jump up behind me and then like wrap it around my throat and pull it. That hurt so bad. So, so bad. Um, zero out of 10 would not recommend. But, um, this next poster, anonymous behavior tech. Posted and said, knowing that anything and everything can and likely will be used as a weapon or projectile towards me or someone else in the environment. Getting choked with shoelaces. Having rocks thrown at me that would have injured or killed me if I hadn't dodged. Having the police contacted and witnessing brutally aggressive behavior. Then having to carry on with the session like nothing is different. Because this is the routine. Having a kid ask you to play a game with them after you witness them throw a caregiver through a wall. Telling people when they ask you what a stressful day for you at work looks like. And giving, <laughs> and giving them the example that a stressful day involves police, maybe an ambulance, and if it got really bad, maybe a co-worker's comp claim. Oh, sorry. Maybe a worker's comp claim. I just believe so much in my core that everyone deserves services. So I work with people that no one else wants to because they are difficult, scary, and dangerous. I'm autistic myself. This is why I believe that. But what I'm finding is that because I am autistic myself, I also have the deficit many of us have of developing trauma very easily and not processing it correctly, healthily, slash at all. I am beginning to hit that crossroad in my career where I don't know how many more traumatic experiences I can handle, and I'm so afraid to join the ranks of practitioners that don't work with those kinds of clients. Um, that is also a fear of mine because I really love behaviors, and a lot of people, actually probably all the people that I've ever worked with know that I like those big behaviors. Um, but I've definitely developed some form of PTSD from them. I flinch a lot if I see things like coming at, out of the corner of my eye, even if it's just like a family member like raising their hands while they're talking, you know, like just like talking with their hands. I will flinch. Um, 
and I never used to do that before. Or if, um, let's say like my boyfriend like throws like a pillow in my direction at all, even if it's not at me, I will like squint and like jump away. And I know that we're like not trained to react and that's what I've done in the past, but it's, it's been different now. After a few years, it's been, it's been different. So now we have our next one. I don't know how many, I'll probably read like two more. I think I'll read two more. Um, because there is a lot of comments on here. And if you're interested in reading any more, then check this out. Anyway. When I first started working as an RBT, I worked with a kiddo that was my height, twice my weight, and was extremely violent. He was an onboarding client, and we knew nothing about him. Antecedents to his behaviors were unknown, so I assumed it could have been setting events that affected his mood. His mom was homeless, but refused to tell such warnings about anything that happened the previous night such morning out of embarrassment. Every day would end in me writing an incident report as he would flip tables, attack others, and throw heavy objects if there was something not in his liking. I was punched in the face more than a few on more than a few occasions, spit on, and had pencil boxes thrown at my head. Whenever I sought help from my supervisor, he would respond when the day was over. I'm sure he billed fraudulent hours because I barely saw him. When he came for supervision, I thought he would model or come up with a crisis plan, but he always managed to get attacked. His response was, sometimes the way we deal with it is to let it play out. In my head, I doubted that I could last in this field. He was saying it so calmly as his hair was soaked with the milk the client had just poured over his head. I was traumatized. It was like I was getting paid to get beat on and I had to take it quietly. I was crying every day. Thankfully, the pandemic hit and things switched to virtual. Since mom didn't have a computer at home, I was switched to another client. Through the pandemic and after, I spoke with others and realized that my supervisor was just not good at his role. I started with clients just as violent, but learned many proactive strategies to deal with it. I began to like my job and ended pursuing further education in ABA. I feel like I have a lot of feelings on what happened, but I said I wasn't going to comment. And I'm just going to jump on into the next one. Um, and reading these does not feel good. It does make me feel seen. It makes me feel validated. Um, but I am, I can feel myself getting upset reading these because when stuff happens to me, I like internalize it one way, but then when stuff happens to like other people and I feel like nobody is like there to support them or, or I don't know, like I just feel really bad for a lot of people all the time. <laughs> All right. This is the last one I'm going to be reading. I think. Unless I find like another really good one. But for now, this is one of the other ones that I saved. <sighs> okay. Here's my worst trauma. And I literally have PTSD from this. I struggle when hearing his name. When working for the most terrible company I've ever worked for, I was given a 10-year-old client in a school setting. He didn't have an autism diagnosis 
but had emotional trauma from which his behavior stemmed. I warned my supervisor I was not trained for this and had literally no experience in dealing with behaviors that stem from emotional trauma in childhood, essay, but I was willing to try and help with support. I received no support. I was never supervised one-on-one -on -one with this client. I was only with him three hours a day, and it was hell. Some of his behaviors were goofy, and some were so violent they had to clear the classroom. He threw scissors at his teacher. He tried to throw his desk at another student, aimed for my hand one time with a pencil. By the end of the year, it was just about getting through the day without incident. During standardized testing, he flipped out and ran to the corner of the library, stuck his head in an empty shelf, and started headbanging. Not knowing what else to do, I put my hand between his head and the shelf while he screamed, Stop, let me do this. And I just responded through tears, I can't. I care about you too much to let you hurt yourself. At some point earlier in the year, he got a hairline fracture on his foot and had to wear a boot. During recess, or if he started to get agitated, he would jump and land squarely on that foot or slam that heel into the ground. I cried driving home from my last session with him because I felt like I had failed him and I was so angry at the company for not putting forth the necessary effort to help him. His teacher was also a first-year teacher with two other kids with needs in the classroom. She cried daily at the end of the day. It was awful. I had another kid, when working for a better company, who gave me a concussion by slamming his head into mine when I gave him the wrong blanket. It took me a while to forgive him. I know he wasn't being malicious. He was just trying to regulate. I think he actually had a migraine. But I was still angry at him for a long time. This field is rough. It can be really hard. I know I have trauma from this work, but that said, it's also incredibly rewarding, and I'm hoping to make a difference as a BCBA one day. So, the reason I saved this one specifically is because everything that they had posted is kind of what I was dealing with in the school district and why I had to kind of step away. Um... It didn't just happen with, like, one kid here or there. It's ha it happened with multiple kids all the time, every day. And there is nothing that behavioral supports can do for kids that have such an emotional, mental need. I can't ABA out trauma. I can't ABA out undiagnosed, unmedicated ADHD. And people don't want to jump to diagnoses and give those kids those um, acronyms or label them in any sort of way. But sometimes it's needed so they can get the support that they need. And I know that ABA is a science and I know that it works. But it doesn't fix that. And it hurts. I put my whole heart and soul into everything that I had as an RBT there. I did everything that I could. I followed my behavior plans religiously. I gave ideas because, you know, remember, like, in the school district, I wasn't really, I wasn't a one-on-one. -on -one. I was, like, floating in between buildings this year. So I was in, like, one building one day, one building another day, and basically I was just a firefighter. I was just putting out the flames anywhere I went. Almost every day was just behavioral de-escalation. 
actually, I know for a fact that every single day was behavioral de-escalation just across the board. And sometimes it was like, it wasn't even like the kids on my caseload because I would be in a room observing one kid and then a completely different child. Also like this is in like a gen ed setting would be throwing something like throwing, throwing a desk, like how this user said, or trying to stab somebody with a pencil or I had one kid like hide the stick in his pants and then bring it into school because he wanted to hit his teacher with it. Like in, it doesn't stop. It never stopped from the moment I got there to the moment I left. It was just wrangling kids all day long and trying to stop them from hurting other people and hurting themselves. And I don't think maybe one of them had an actual autism diagnosis, but all of the other ones, they had all the other acronyms that you can have, ADD, ADHD, OCD, ODD, all of them. Um, and it's hard when you're just trying your best and you know it's not working. And it's even harder when there's people who constantly are upset at you for not making the science work. And I would have to like tell people like, I understand. I know that you're frustrated. Unfortunately, I'm not able to change the plans or anything like that. Like this is what the BIP says. This is what we have to do. And if it doesn't work, we can represent that in the data and then we can try to get something fixed. It was just so heartbreaking because I know that the teachers were really stressed out. I was really stressed out. But, you know, they're like in those rooms with those kids all day, every day, just getting sent out and sent back in. And then day after day, you're asking for help. And the people that are trying to help aren't working right. And the people that can help the people that they're trying to help you are just not doing their jobs. Or honestly, they probably didn't even know what more they could do to help. Because it was, everyone was drowning. Everybody was just trying to survive and nobody was surviving and I couldn't do it anymore. I cannot stand not being effective. And I have felt like it was like too out of my control because, you know, as RBTs and behavior techs, we're not in control of anything. So when you really lose all sense of control, like the losing of the science of it, I think really got to me just because of all like the de-escalations which I know is still like a part of ABA, but still like you can deescalate all you want, but when nothing changes, it's just like, what's the point? What's the point of continuously deescalating? And you might be listening to this and thinking, well, they should have just put you one-on-one -on -one with one kid and then worked until that behavior got down. Trust me, we tried that before. We tried that when I first started and it worked to a point, but the need is so high. There's no way to determine who would need the services more. Like, either, you either get the service or you don't. And, like, what is it, just, like, the luck of the draw? It's like hitting the Mega Millions. It's not going to happen. And then, so what? You hire more RBTs? You hire more BTs? Okay, well, then who are they going to go to? Because we already couldn't determine it for this one. Because this kid at this school... 
is trying to stab his teacher with scissors, but this kid at the other school broke a ruler and was trying to stab her with a ruler. So which one is more dangerous? Which one needs more help? Would it matter if I told you that one was in fifth grade and one was in first grade? Would it matter if I told you that they both had similar backgrounds or were siblings? No, because you can't decide. You can't pick that. It's so hard. There was also a discussion on training paraprofessionals to be RBTs. But, I mean, and they still might do that. They still might do that. I just don't think it's a good idea because there's only two BCBAs there. And if every single para becomes an RBT, how are they going to be able to supervise every single one? For five, for the 5% at least that they would need. And if they're brand new, they're going to require more than just a 5% every now and then. It's, it's not feasible. It's not at all. So anyway, I kind of feel bad. I think I have some kind of weird like survivor's guilt with it where I just like left the sinking ship. Like I feel like I just like found a lifeboat and I just got on it and left. But now I'm at this new place, um, and it is going okay. My biggest issue is I don't like change. And then also, I miss my friends. That's the worst part about finding a new job, is trying to figure out if you can make friends with the people there or not. I genuinely really enjoyed a lot of people at the school district that I was at, which is very rare for me to like anybody, let alone like so many people. They're the reason why I almost did not go. But I'm glad that I did. Even now, like, because I do, I'm, like, homesick for it. Because I was there for a hot minute. Um, I'm so glad I did it. I needed to do it. I'm hoping that at this place I can be a little bit more effective. Because, you know, a charter school is, like, different than, like, a state-funded public school. And... I'm hoping that maybe I can like learn some things and then maybe help the people back there at the school district that we are because I really don't know what they're going to do. I really just do not know. I'm very stressed out about it still. But, you know, I know that I said I wasn't going to read anymore, but I think I am going to read one or two more because they, it was hard to pick which ones to read and which ones not to read. And I think that I kind of picked the ones that resonated with me more. So I'm just going to read these last two, and they're pretty short. But this behavior text says, We had a bathroom program with a teenager because he was not potty trained. He has pretty severe physical disabilities to the point that he can't really stand or walk without assistance. So I was always on standby when he was in the bathroom so I could help him and assist him in getting dressed. There were times when helping him, he would attempt to rip my shirt down and would sometimes start masturbating while laughing at me. I would step out and give him a second to stop, and then he would start all over again as soon as I'd go back in to help him. I got no support on this case whatsoever, and I was pretty new to the job as well, so I had no idea what to do. If I didn't help him, he could possibly fall on the floor, trying to get dressed and hurt himself. If I did help, I felt assaulted from how he was acting. 
he would be laughing so hard while grabbing me in ways I did not feel comfortable with. I have an essay history, which made it even harder. After constantly asking again and again for support for his sessions and not getting it at all, I ended up removing myself from the case. I have never worked with anybody over the age of 12. Never. I think about that a lot. I want that experience. Um, I hear a lot about them, of like people over the age of 12, like getting touched and like honestly like molested like that and that makes me extremely nervous because nobody wants that and I personally don't know how to handle that all right sorry that last one was really deep anyway this person says I work at a school in a classroom with 18 to 21 year olds I've seen my co-workers being choked out scratched hit bit until blood is drawn, I have my own marks from our students. Most of our students are male and bigger than us. We have one that will push us away and he's like 500 pounds and six foot five, so it does some damage. We have eight in total. We have one student who strips a lot. He'll just get naked and it's hard to get him dressed because he is 20. He's an adult, so watching my students hurt themselves breaks my heart. Watching my student engage in SIBs for five minutes straight to the point where he's gotten a nosebleed. I love my students dearly, though, and wouldn't change it for the world. But it's so scary. Not everyone is cut out for this. Um, yeah, that's, that sucks. That sounds like it pretty sucks. Um, and I'm not, like, laughing, like, haha, I'm laughing, like, I guess I'm glad that wasn't me. Because, again, like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how to deal with that. And I'm not cut out for that. I'm just not. And it's important to know your limitations. And that's my limit. Because I'm not strong. Like, what, what would I do? Nothing. I would just get beat up. I would just get hurt. And then if I get hurt, what happens to the rest of the kids in the class? Like, they're just going to sit around and just wait for somebody else to show up? But, um, yeah. I hoped you liked those scary stories by anonymous rbts if you would like to read more of them just go to the aba subreddit and look for behavior text anon is what i post under on reddit there's a lot on there and they're not all about kids um some of them are about uh, supervisors adults parents um i stick to more of the kids ones this time because i feel like that's something that we're not really that we don't really talk about too much because the job is super rewarding when we work with the kids and you know when the science is really working but I think it's more damaging when we don't talk about the negative stuff that happens just pushing it away and pretending like it doesn't exist doesn't make it go away and it doesn't make the job any easier and that's the kind of stuff that really freaks me out because I want to be helpful but at what point is it just abuse like me abusing myself by putting myself through that and I don't want to do that and I'm not really going to be sharing right now the most dramatic scary thing that's ever happened to me because I can't handle it and I don't want to um but I will say that I have been pushed by parents I have been screamed at I've had a parent like throw a whole bucket of chalk at me and all of that like really sucked 
but the scariest, most traumatic thing I think that's ever really happened to me, I would say it's more like traumatic, is when I'm literally like in a behavior and sweating and I was dying. Not literally, but it felt like I was going to die. Like my muscles were tired. It was this big kid, this big 10-year-old. Um, I had been not wrestling with him, but just trying to like keep him from like hurting himself and hurting me for maybe 20, 30 minutes. And then there was like a teacher at the door, like just telling me that I was useless and ineffective and um, just not good at my job, just like stuff like that. Um, But she like didn't just like say it like once or twice. She just kept saying it. And then, like, when the behavior finally stopped and ended, and, you know, because I'm very just stoic, I guess, during the whole thing. Like, I have no emotions. I don't show emotions. I just blocked her out, and I just did everything that I had to do. And then afterwards, um, after the kid was able to go back to his class, and he was all calmed down, and that teacher was still out there, which she wasn't even, like, the kid's teacher, by the way. She's just some random teacher who decided that she wanted to berate me. She just, like, kept going and kept going and kept going, and I felt like I was going to cry, so I just walked away, and she followed me down the hallway, cussing me out, in the school, by the way, just cussing, and she only stopped because I had left the building and went and sat in my car for about 45 minutes while I tried to decide if I should go home or not. And that wasn't even, like, the worst thing that ever happened in the school. But that's something that I think about all the time. Um, It really stuck with me, you know? Really, really hit me to my core. But anyway. All right. That's it for this meeting of Behavior Text Anonymous. I hope that it was scary enough for you and that you guys have a really safe Halloween. I look forward to hearing from you guys on um, Instagram for Behavior Text Anonymous. Or you can email me some more scary stories if you would like at hello at behaviortextanonymous.com. That's hello at behaviortextanonymous.com. And if you would like, you could even like, share, and send this to your friends because that would be really cool. I would really appreciate it. Also, it would be like a nice little like birthday present because my birthday really actually is coming up. Like I know I said it as like a joke in the beginning, but my birthday is actually coming up. So that would be really cool. So I will see you guys in two Tuesdays when I will be posting again. See you at the next meeting.